leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. In the previous broadcasts, I have covered all kinds of materials, and uh, those of you that are interested should look at the archives that Voice America has. We covered what is the problem, how to know what is the problem, how to define the problem correctly, because defining a problem correctly is half of a solution. If it's defined badly, you cannot solve it as well. Then we discussed on when to collaborate and when not to collaborate. And uh, the secret of success, what makes a company successful. There are quite a few by now, about 10 or 11 broadcasts, one hour long. The last three, we have looked at a special uh, segment, and it is about life cycle of organizations. What is a life cycle of organizations? Everything is a life cycle. Trees have a life cycle. Flowers have. Butterflies have. Even stars have a life cycle. Everything as is born, grow, age, and die. The difference is only the span of the life, the lifespan. A butterfly can have a lifespan of a day, and a star can have of billions of years. And I always wondered why one system has a longer life cycle than the other. And my dedication is how to make organizations to be a star and not a butterfly. If you look at some organizations in the internet era, they're born, age and die within days, within months, within a year, very short. They're like a meteor, they bloop and disappear. And look at the Catholic Church, it's like a star, 2,000 years, and it can go a little bit longer, much longer. What makes the difference? What makes the difference? And I think the difference you will find out in my lecture about the secret of success of a company. I gave you there a formula. I won't tell you here what the formula is, because I think you should go and listen to the broadcast. If you follow the formula, you will be able to make your organization live longer. Longer. Analogy-wise, look at people that are in love. They look young. There is a research that shows that people that are married live longer in spite of all the bad rap that marriages get. Love prolongs life. And look at people that hate. They look old. They age fast. How to bring love rather than hate into your organization? And what does it mean managerially? 
rather than religiously, please look at the other segments in this broadcast about the secret of success. Our focus here is on life cycle. Organizations, like any other system, has a life cycle. And what I said in the past, in other broadcasts, is there is a difference between human organizations and any other organization, any other system. Rocks have a life cycle too, chronological age. Animals have a life cycle, chronological age. Trees have a life cycle, chronological age. Humans, the only one on this planet, can impact their life cycle. They can age prematurely or they can retard aging. In medicine, it's called anti-aging medicine. They can maintain their vitality and use longer. And if you look at the yogis in India, some yogis die healthy. They just go to sleep and say it's time to go, and they go. They did not die from a disease. They didn't die from dementia. That's how I would like to die. I would like to die healthy, not young. You cannot be young, but you can be healthy. How to do that? This is called conscious management. If you are conscious, which means if you know what's happening and what to do about it, you can prolong the life of the organization. You can prolong your own life. And what we covered so far is what causes organizations where they are on the life cycle. And there are two factors, flexibility and controllability, self-control. If the company is very flexible and not under control, it is young, it's uncontrollable, flexible, very dangerous, you can easily go bankrupt and you don't know why. When the two curves meet, when you're flexible and under control, you're in prime. Thereafter, you have more control of the flexibility. The company is predictable, controllable, but lost its flexibility, it's starting to age. And when it's losing both flexibility and controllability, it's starting to die. And when it has no flexibility and no control, it died. Our goal is to learn how to bring a company to prime. It's called balanced growth. And how to rejuvenate the company. And then the most important, it is how to stay in prime. Once you get to prime, how to stay in prime. So far in this broadcast, we covered what to do to start a company healthy. A healthy company. That's called courtship. That's before the company is established, how to start the company, right? Then, how to manage a startup company, covered in the second segment. How to manage an infant organization. Then we cover what to happen when you're in a go-go, like a baby, you're in a go-go, crawling all over the place, everything is interesting, growing very fast, but you can easily get into trouble, right? And today we are going to talk about adolescence. We started in the last segment. Now we have to go deeper because this is a very, very difficult time in organizational life cycle. 
In some circles, it's called how to move from entrepreneurial management to professional management. In political science, life cycle of countries, it's called how to move from absolute monarchy to constitutional monarchy or into a republic. Difficult time, very difficult time, lots of revolutions. There's a transition from company managed by the founder or people that behave like a founder into professional management. Very complicated time. And this is what some authors call the secret of capitalism that succeeded to create a system for the stock market of separating ownership from management so the transition from go-go into adolescence from founders to professional management can be facilitated. This is a secret of capitalism. How do we make the transition? And some developing countries do not make the transition. That's why they are stuck in the mama papa store or in the family businesses and they only grow to the size that the family can manage or the founder can manage. How do we make the transition? First of all, we have to learn what happens. What happens? The transition is triggered by crisis, usually. The company gets into trouble. It got involved in a market they have no business being in, with a product they did not study well enough, it did not protect well enough, whatever. And now they're getting into trouble. A Google company can be sued by franchisees, by the licensees, by the employees, by the customers, and many times by the government. You know how that happens? The founder built the company. Then it is it's very successful. It decides to take it IPO. What does it mean? To the stock market. And he has a successful launching in the stock market. But he did not change his style. He still believes the company is mine. All the stock market owners, they are really not owners. They just loan me the money. And as long as I give them good dividends, they have no business telling me what to do. He still wants to run the company as if he is the one. As if it is his private company. He does not make the transition from privately owned company to publicly owned company in his behavior. Has birthday parties, spends a million dollars for his wife's birthday party. Buys lavish, you know, airplanes, a lavish yacht on the company expense. And what happens? The Security Exchange Commission sues him. He can get into prison and he doesn't know what happened. He says, well, what happened? I built the company and I gave the people good dividends. The stock the stock is appreciated a lot. What are they complaining about? Well, it's not your company anymore. You have to manage it for others. You're not managing it for yourself. That's how they get into trouble. It's a very touchy, complicated, painful transition from go-go into adolescence, from founders, from entrepreneurial management to professional management. And as I said, in many countries, they don't make the transition, they get stuck in being underdeveloped. Many companies get stuck, and then the founder has to be fired because he cannot make the transition, and now they bring in new 
person to manage a company, usually from the financial field, the financial gets get promoted, or if the founder is still in control of the company, he brings a professional manager, fires him, brings another one, fires him. Oh, brings the one, and the professional manager starts organizing the company, doing budgets, and, infer- and what are the people doing when that happens? Go complain to the founder. He is not managing the way you used to manage. He is not selling. He is watching, you know, all he does is turn the lights at the end of the day to save money. He is doing all these days, sitting in the computer and doing all kinds of systems, wasting money. He is not selling. They complain. And what does the founder do? This guy is a bureaucrat. I don't know what did I hire. If I started the company the way he's managing, I will be bankrupt a long time ago. Fire! Get the next guy. The next guy learns the lesson. <coughs> now he's not organizing. He's not putting discipline. <coughs> Selling. Again, nobody's happy. Because he's not doing what needs to be done. He's not organizing the company. He's not systematizing the company. <coughs> Fire. Bring the next guy. So the Gogo company, as it moves into adolescence, goes to a succession of chief administrative officers who get <laughs> a perforated ulcer. They suffer much. They get beaten up. No matter what they do, they lose. How do you make the transition? And if you cannot make the transition, you fall into what's called the founder's trap. The founder is in a yo-yo. I'm in charge. No, no, no. I'm delegating. No, 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 no. I'm in charge. I'm delegating. No, no, no. I'm in charge. Back and forth, back and forth. And people say nothing will change here until the old man dies or the old lady dies. They cannot get the stability. The founder makes a decision, makes a policy, and who is the first one to violate the policy? He is or she is. It is a helter-skelter, up and down, up and down, centralized, decentralized, delegate, centralized, delegate. It's very messy time. And the poor founder is looking for somebody to save his company, looking for a chief operating officer. I give you the keys. Just organize the place. I know how to build a company. I don't know how to manage a company. And then what could happen very easily, that the company gets hijacked by an administrator, who pays attention more to controls than to sales, and the company goes south, starts losing money, gets destroyed, and the founder does not know what happened, what destroyed this company. How to avoid falling into the founder's trap? How to make the transition after our break? Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system 
that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. What I'm going to say now is extremely important because I'm not going to be able to tell you what to do. That's a lot of work. I mean, I might give you some tips. At least I would like to tell you what not to do. The classical mistakes that I see many, many entrepreneurial managers try to do. First mistake is don't give the keys, don't walk away, don't raise your hands in despair and let somebody else manage your company. Cannot work. Why? Because the company is organized around you. It's very personalized. The people learn how to work with you. When you put somebody else and you walk away and just give up, that person is like a pebble in your shoe. It bothers everyone. It's a major cultural change, difficulties. And the person, I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to fire all the old timers that you brought to the company. It's like in political science, when the revolution succeeds, the technocrats take over government, and you know who they fire? All the founders of the revolution. All the partisans that usually shun the way. Why? Because they are in too much noise, too much trouble. We need to stabilize, we need to manage. And then you know what happens? The, founders, the revolution fails. Because the spirit of the revolution is lost. Here the same thing here. The bureaucrats take over, fire all the entrepreneurial spirit of the company because they are not disciplined enough, they don't listen enough, they don't follow the rules anymore. And what happens? The company goes into what's called 
premature aging. Profits might go up, yes, because they're going to cut all kinds of expenses. But you know what's going to go down eventually? Revenues. But they're going to go sideways. The company starts to age prematurely. The financial guys know everything about finance. They don't know about the market. They don't know enough about clients. They know numbers. And they start managing by their numbers. That is very dangerous. And it can kill the baby that you spend your life building and organizing and nourishing. Like one founder, I won't mention his name or his company, after my lecture came to me and he says, you know, Dr. Rizes, you're absolutely right. I lost my baby. Yep, very, very painful. It's very painful, very painful. You know? So what do you do? What do you do? Well, the other mistake is to say, after me, the flood. I cannot find anybody to take the company for me. Nobody can manage the company for me. So I have to manage it, period. And I'm going to manage it till I die. Okay. I'm going to manage it your way till you die. And that's what's going, which means customary decisions. Anytime you need to make a decision, come to me, I decide. I'm the founder, I'm it, period. No system, no structure, nothing. I am the boss. I run the shop like I ran it until now. I'll continue running it until I die. After me, the flood. And what happens after you? The flood. <laughs> when the founder dies, what dies? The company dies. Oh, no, no, we have a succession planning with the family. So it's not the founder's trap in that case. It is a family trap. And by the way, in 52 countries that I've lectured to, I ask the same question. From your experience, how many generations does it take for the company to finally beat the dust when it is run as a family business? Everywhere, whether it's Taiwan, China, Hong Kong, Russia, Israel, Europe, I get the same answer. On average, there is a distribution, could be more, could be less. Average mood is how many? Three generations. That's why in China, it's, they say, the expression is, from peasant shoes to peasant shoes in three generations. The father came from the village, from the countryside, to the city, started the business. He came in peasant shoes. His grandson is back to the village on peasant shoes. He lost the company. In, in Mexico, it's a better expression, more... more more poetic expression. They say, father merchant, son playboy, grandson beggar. In America, they say, from sleeveless to sleeveless in three generations. Why it takes three generations? You see, the father knows the value of money. He started from nothing. He knows how to serve the money, watches the money carefully. He knows the value of the client. He pays attention to the client. He knows also how to seduce the workers. He's very people-oriented. Why? Because he learned through experience how important it is to have the happy people, 
to have the happy customers and towards the money. Here comes the successor. God forbid he also went to Harvard Business School. All he knows is how to read cases, to read financial statements, and to you know, use big words, strategic planning, windows of opportunity, strategic alliances, or God knows what. They don't have the fear for the people. They don't have the fear for the market. And they're not as careful with money. And eventually what's going to happen? They start losing the business. And then why the grandson is a beggar? Because eventually, it doesn't have to happen directly through the succession, father, son, grandson. Somebody from the family gets promoted that does not have the skills, but he gets promoted because he has the right blood lines. Doesn't have the competency. And then what happens? The company is in trouble and it falls. Or it falls because there are too many third generation people. They start fighting. Who is in control? Who manages? Who should manage? And they cannot agree. And what you get is a camel instead of a horse. They cannot agree in what they should do. They compromise with each other and you get a mess. I've been in family businesses where the board is composed of family members, the cousins and the uncles and the, the, the nephews. Oh my God, fighting, arguing, shouting, mutual accusations, bad words, bad blood, an absolute mess. And because of that, what's happening? Internal disintegration that wastes energy So they are not capable of dealing with external integration and the company, instead of competing with the markets, it competes within itself and it falls. What you can also get in that business, because it's not professionally run, that the family are running different divisions. So now you have a president that is in a plier stretch. Why? He has his cousins or nephews below him, running divisions, and the same people are sitting above him on the board of directors. Try leading under these conditions. Extremely difficult. Undoable. The company will eventually fold. It's only a question of time. They are in the family or in the founder's trap. So what to do? Let's hire a professional manager, give him the keys. Will not work. Because it's a too radical change in culture. Also, you're decentralizing before you have controls. And what's happening? You're abdicating. You will lose control of the company. What should you do? Let me give you the tip before the break. Centralize before you decentralize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just opposite to what people intuitively feel. Centralize first. What does it mean? Get the power in your hands. Get the nephews out of the picture. Get the family neutralized. Get yourself a professional board of directors somehow. People that will support you. You must get power in your hands if you're going to systematize the company, organize the company, and professionalize the company. In other words, you cannot solve future problems with past factors. 
What made you in the past is a family business. You have to change that. You cannot continue with the same ingredients solving future problems. Get control of the situation first. Get power first. Align some members of the family behind you unequivocally. They're behind you. Get control first. What is the next thing to do? Restructure the company to be run professionally correct. What does it mean? Who is responsible for what? How do we measure the responsibility? What are the KPIs, the key performance indicators they're responsible for? What is the budget that they have and what are they supposed to produce? What kind of results? And then have the right people in the right task and design reward system that are not based on some kakamemi family needs, but on what the organization can afford professional to provide. Professionalize the company. Now, here is the bad news. You cannot do it. I, I'm emphasizing this. See, let's take me, for instance. I have reorganized some of the major largest corporations on earth, some of the Fortune 50 companies with billions of dollars in revenue. And you look at my website, I don't want to mention names of the companies here, but if you look at the website, you will see the names of the companies. And the president, president of this company saying, we use the diesels to restructure the company. In one company, I moved 95,000 people around to make the company professional, well-run. I reorganized executive branches of countries. I reorganized Los Pinos, which is the equivalent of the White House for Vicente Pox of Mexico, the president of Mexico. Why am I telling you that? Because of the next sentence. There is one company I cannot organize. One company that I cannot sleep at night. All the other companies, I don't blink. I do it without much difficulty. I don't lose sleep on them. One company I cannot sleep at night. I have a hell of a tough time. And it's not very large either. It's a small boutique. Very successful, but it's a boutique. Guess which organization I cannot restructure successfully. I hope you got it. My own. <laughs> My own. My own institute I have a hell of a tough time. And it's not very large. Why is that? Because no surgeon does surgery on his own child. No lawyer represents himself in court on difficult cases when he is being under accused for something. Why? You're too emotional. You must maintain a distance. You have to look at it from distance. Because when you're too emotional, you lose your objectivity. You know too much. You know the people too much. So here is my advice to you, please. You need to restructure, professionalize the company before you can delegate so that you don't lose control. Don't you do it. Obviously, I would like you to hire a business institute to do it for you. And we have 10 offices around the world. We work in 52 countries. We have 44 years of experience. You know how to do this. But I don't want to make it a commercial here. 
that you have to use a disease. Use whomever you trust, as long as you don't do it. Don't you do it, sit down and watch it. Make decisions whether you like it or not. Watch the person doing it. Watch the firm that is doing it for you. Get involved, but don't you lead it, because you cannot do it yourself. You're too deeply ingrained. It's too much for you to do. You're too emotional about it. You know too much. I would even recommend to you that you hire a consultant to do it for you, and then when that consultant finishes, guess what? You go to yourself, your COO. You go to your chief operating officer. Hire the consultant away from the consulting firm and appoint them to run what they have structured. So when they were structuring it, it was your <laughs> entrance interview. You were checking on their capabilities. You were checking how well you can work with them. Can they build the company right? Can they structure the company right? And if yes, you can give them the keys now and you can work together. You set up the strategy and they execute it like they did it for you, structuring the company. What else after the break? markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's one 866 
472-5790. Or send an email to Yolanda at adesis.com. Spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Once you structure the company and the vision, the direction is articulated and the structure, strategy is articulated and the structure is done to follow the strategy and you know what the holes are and what kind of people you have to hire because usually when you restructure, you're going to find out that you have people that are underqualified there's some people that are overqualified, so you need to restaff the organization. You will have some holes, you will have some places where you have nobody. My recommendation is try to use inside people first. Give them a chance. People grow in their tasks. Give them a responsibility, they will grow into it. The usual mistake is to look outside. Oh, we have a hole here. We need to hire somebody. We need to hire somebody. We need to hire people from the outside. We always see, we always believe that the people we don't know are highly qualified. Why is that? Because the people we know, we know their deficiencies. The people we don't know, we don't know their deficiencies. So they always look more attractive. There is a Serbian expression that says, God, help me to see my wife the way other men see her. Uh Uh-huh, you see? Other men don't know her very well, so they find her very attractive. You know her very well, and you know the the same thing with a man, by the way. A woman can say the same thing. Oh, God, help me see my husband the way other women see him. When you don't know somebody, they always look more attractive than the people you know because you know them, you know their deficiencies. But let me tell you, the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't know. So first of all, give a chance to the people inside. Give a chance. If after six months they're not capable, then we have to do something about it. But give it a chance. People will grow in their job. They will grow in the responsibility. Give them the first chance. Give them the first chance. Unless you're totally sure, sure, beyond any doubt, that they're incapable of performing the task, then obviously you will have to bring somebody from the outside. So whenever you restructure, you have to restaff. Restaff with the inside, develop some training programs. There's a lot of training that needs to be done. But what does it mean to restructure? It means to divide responsibilities. And if you look at my book, I strongly recommend you look at my book, Managing Corporate Life Cycles. There are some rules of architecture for organizing structuring companies. Like in architecture, all the houses are different, but there are some rules. All the houses will have the truth. You will not have a bathroom in the middle of the kitchen, would you? And you will have the water, sorry, the the sewer flowing out and not flowing in, not backing up. 
So there are some certain rules, there are certain rules, and you know that you should focus on the east or whatever it is, where the light is. Okay, and if you're doing Bang Shui, then even more interesting, what should the entrance be, what the water should be, the, the energy flow. Same thing is true for a company. Let me give you some rules. I will not explain them here. Uh, maybe a little bit. But to be convinced that I'm right, read my book again. I would recommend not to have a vice president for sales and marketing. Why? Sales is short-term oriented. We need now revenues, now purchase orders. Marketing is dealing with a long run. Where are we going? What does the markets want? Marketing should be change-oriented. Sales should be implementation-oriented. If you put the two, two together, what is the vice president for sales and marketing really getting rewarded for? For sales. Because there is no money in marketing. Marketing is an expense. So what happens then? Invariably, my experience is when you have a vice president for sales and marketing, the marketing function does not exist. I call them transvestites. They call themselves marketing, but when you look closer, what do you find? They're doing sales support. Little brochures, analyzing sales patterns, analyzing sales uh, achievement and quotas, doing brochures, attending trade shows. They're not looking at the changing market needs and the changing client needs. And what do we need to change? What kind of a new product should we have? What kind of a new strategies for penetrating the market we should have? Marketing should cause waves. Sales should just go and sell. I had companies which had 20,000 people in the marketing department. And I told them, you have none. None of them is marketing. They're all sales support. Don't have a vice president in operations that has under him or her manufacturing, so-called production, and R&D, technology, new product development. Again, incompatible. If you have engineering together with under the same vice president for manufacturing, I will tell you what engineering is doing. Most probably. They're not doing new product development. They're not doing new technology. They're doing sustaining engineering. What does sustaining engineering mean? Maintenance, that's what they're doing. They're fixing the product. They're making it work. They're looking at the machinery, making it work. They're in service of production. Like marketing is in service of sales. Major mistake. The company loses its flexibility, its future orientation, its change orientation. And now the next one is, oh, this is a prevalent. This is my biggest problem in companies to fight this. And I don't always win because they are very powerful, very powerful. This is a CFO. And what do you have under CFO? They usually it's called CFO slash CAO. Chief Financial, Chief Administrative Officer. These are also call it bureaucrats of the world unite. What do you have under it? Human resources, legal, 
information technology, accounting, finance, everything under them. And what does it really tell you? You cannot move. It's all the administrative roles. If you want to make a change, they will say the computer will go crazy. And the human resources guy says we'll have a labor problem with the unions. And finally we'll say we don't have enough money. And the legal department will say it's very legally dangerous. And now what's happening? You cannot change. You cannot change. The organization gets stiff. It does not move. All the powers, all the no sales in one place under one guy. Very powerful. The CFO becomes extremely powerful. Then the finance department sets up the budgets and controls the budgets. If you want money, you have to go to the CFO. If you want to know what your budget is, go to the CFO. They can impact your reward, so they can be very dangerous. You don't want to step on their toe. Very, very dangerous. I always split. Please, split finance from accounting. Split human resources development away from human resources administration. Be sure that you don't have all the... Now, there is one place when I will unite all the administration. Sorry, I will unite all the no-sayers in the Google company, subject we covered in the previous broadcast. Why? Because there, the entrepreneur is too strong. He's flying astronaut. He's flying all over the place. Seagull syndrome. You need an anchor. Then, yes, I need a countervailing power. I will put all the administrative functions, finance, human resources, IT, legal, uh, facilities, everything under one vice president, so he has enough power to hold the fortress down as the founder is flying around and, and threatening the existence of the organization. You need a countervailing power. But in a bureaucracy, in an aging company, split the role of the finance and chief administrative officer as you're aging, you have to split that. It's too much administrative power, too much no sales in one place. And what is weak is entrepreneurial side, marketing under sales, engineering and technology under production. There is no entrepreneurial spirit in this company. Everybody's talking about innovation. We need innovation. Well, you're not structured by innovation. Oh, what we need is a strategic planner. Let's hire one of these young graduates of Harvard or whatever that can do strategic planning for us. Or we need a new president, strategically oriented. Careful. You cannot make a submarine fly by appointing a pilot to look through the periscope. You're not structured for innovation. You're not structured for flexibility. You're not structured for change. Your structure for short-term result orientation and compliance. And whoever is starting to dream about changes is a pain, is a revolutionary. And eventually they have a choice, either to restructure the company or to accept the culture of the company and become, in Rome, you behave like the Romans. They become a bureaucrat too. What to do after the break? 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. TopLeaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The TopLeaf curriculum is made up of three programs. TopLeaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about TopLeaf, visit www.adesis.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. So, in order to get out of the founder's trap, in order to get the transition, the transformation from gogo to adolescence, healthy adolescence, you need to, here are the steps. A, centralized power, centralize, don't give it away, premature, you're abdicating, then restructure, and there are ways to restructure correctly and ways to restructure incorrectly. When you do it incorrectly, sales and marketing together, production and engineering together, chief administrative office service, all the finance and accounting together, what you are creating is called silos. The vice president for sales and marketing monopolizes the market, the external market. The Vice President, Chief Operating Officer for Production and Engineering, whether he, or he or she monopolize the internal environment of the company. 
what we do, what we produce, we can call it the, 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 the back room. And the financial guy is controlling what? People and money. Silos. When that happens, you as a CEO, you are becoming a prisoner of your own organization. What you have under you is people that monopolize different subsystems, and all you can do is act like you're in control when you're not in control. This is according to, this is similar to this little children's story about the king is nude, king's new clothes. You act like you're in control, but by bowling, everybody there is running his own silo, protecting his own silo, fighting with the other silo, and all you can do is act like you're in control, but you really are not. So the structure is to be right. And I beg you, I beg you, don't try to structure your own company by yourself. Please don't. I obviously suggest you hire a thesis. You are in 10 offices around the world. But if for some reason you have somebody else that you trust that has better credibility, go, take them. Get somebody who knows the business, who knows architecture, because it's the most important part. If the architecture is bad, the process will be bad. The staffing will be bad. The conflict will be less manageable. Structure. I, you know, don't take me literally. It's 60% of what causes behavior. All the rest is around it. The information is driven by structure. The reward is driven by the structure because who is responsible for what, what they can do. The stuffing is, the process is, structure sets up the tone. Please, it's a platform. It is ignored in today's market. People do not like to look at structure. They look at network systems, open systems, flat organizations. You know what, guys? It's another passing fad. We're getting a mess out there. What you need is clarity. Who does what? To whom? How? It doesn't mean you have to have only one boss. You can have multiple supervisors. That's fine. It's a network. But I want to know who, with whom I work on what, how, so that we can produce predictably the results necessary. I know the new economy, you know, you have the new companies, internet companies are more flexible, but even they, they need a structure. They need a structure. Guys, not good enough. The transition from Gogo to adolescence, many things are happening. That's why adolescent kids also, we say that they have a hormonal problem, you know, they have acne, they, 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 they're moody, they sleep a lot. What's going on here? Why is it so difficult to be a teenager? Well, look what's happening in the company. Many transitions are happening. First of all, there is a change in goals, should happen. In infancy, the goal is cash, cash, cash. We need to survive, we do anything for cash. Product orientation. In Gogo, we become sales-oriented, non-market-oriented, sales-oriented. We want market share, sell, 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 to survive. Adolescence, now we have to become profit-oriented. Because you can have sales going up and profits going down. We're spending more than necessary to get the sales. 
I see companies where the more they sell, the more money they lose. You know, to get sales, they get discounts, they do advertising, they do promotion, they do all kinds of warrants. And what's happening? The cost of sales is becoming prohibitive. Sales are going up, profitability is going down. I've seen this in banks. This is a big problem. Every so many years, we have a crisis in the banking industry. Why? Banks are measured the size by assets. And you know what assets are in a bank? The loans they give, these are their assets. And the savings they take, they call it liabilities because they owe money to, to others. In order to make the bank very big, that's what happened to Bank of America in the 1980s, late 70s, beginning 80s, they would be the largest bank, what did they do? give loans to as many as possible. Whoever works gets a loan. That's what happened with the mortgage business now of the, night to, of the end of the 20th century, beginning of the 21st century. What's happening? In order to increase sales, they take all kinds of liabilities, which is, they call it assets. When the, but the, when the asset does not perform, it becomes a liability. And they have no performing loans and they get into deep trouble. Why? Because they're sales-oriented, and their profits are nothing more than a security for future liability. Well, that future is not in the future. It becomes in the, in the present. It is right now, and we go into trouble. So you need to change the goals. But how do you change goals? If you become profit-oriented, you need to have a system to, to create the profits, to control the profits, to manage the costs, which means there must be an organizational structure, there must be responsibilities, there must be some information, and you cannot have the information unless the structure is clear. So we are back, we have to define responsibilities, we have to define authority, then we have allocated the money, wow, transitions, goal changes, Organization structure has to change. Strategy has to change. Because we are not only sales-oriented now, we are profit-oriented. You know what we might have to do? Close some activities. Discontinue some products. Sell some branches. Because now we might find out that they are not profitable or the opposite. They are sucking our blood. How does it look like analogy-wise? Like a bush. Spring comes goes in many directions. What do you need to do? You need to prune the tree so that the energy can be refocused. So in the go-go, we grew into many directions. We were exploring. Now is the time to say, what is our core business? What is not core business? Discontinue the non-core business. Refocus the energy. What else do you have to do? Your leadership style has to change. From infancy to go-go to beginning adolescence, it is okay to have a strong, opinionated, hard-nosed leader. Now that we are moving adolescence into professionally running it, we need to have a structure. We need to have additional people beyond yourself as a founder who can run the company, who provide leadership, who provide entrepreneurial spirit. So you have to now become more team builder. 
more one that creates a culture of interdependency, supporting each other, teamwork. You become more of a coach rather than an, as a main player that kicks the ball all the time. So your style has to change, or we have to change the leader. The reward systems have to change. In infancy, it was bonus, sales and bonus, bonus for sales. Same thing in GoGo, bonuses. Now we are going to go into profit sharing. Oppa, who can be in the profit sharing? How do we distribute profits? Did they really create the profits or this is a windfall result? Tremendous changes of stock options for the, for the future. What else is changing at that stage? Your strategy has changed, your structure has changed, your goals have changed, information has to change, reward systems have to change. Major turbulence, like is a teenager person. Teenager person goes through major turbulence. Please realize, all over the world, teenagers sleep a lot. Same thing for a company. It needs to sleep. What does it mean? Stop looking outside. Start looking inside. What happens when you sleep? You rejuvenate. You spend the energy to balance yourself. Same thing in a company. Don't grow infinitely up. Because if you're growing infinitely up, you're like the space syndrome, expanding on the margin, collapsing at the core. You need now to look inside. It's like a stairs. You go up and then sideways, up and then sideways. So now is the time to go sideways, to turn your face inwards. That's what sleeping really means, to stabilize a company, organize a company, strengthen the foundations so that you can grow again. That is a stage where the company mission is not what you're going to do out there. The company mission for the next three years is what you're going to do in here, how to do your company better, how to organize your company better, how to systematize your company better, how to staff your company better, how to reward your company better, so that it can grow to the next stage. We'll talk next week. All the best to you. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.